I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. Hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday evening. Coming to you at the slightly later time this evening. First and foremost, apologies to um, some of the people in the chat room. Um, we had a few slight technical difficulties and we didn't want to do a show that wasn't quite going to come out as well as we wanted it to. So we just wanted to iron out those creases. And um, here we are now, we're in full flow, full production. JJ, same old Arsenal after dark, mate little bit of a different one, isn't it? I know, I know, but uh, we'll still keep it. I know PG isn't here, but we will keep it PG in terms of the content for people. No, I know <laughs> you, you've just um, not long come off a podcast, mate. Um, I know. Who, who was it you were with? I was with friend of the show, Albert JTV. So you've always, you know, it's, you can't say no to Albert if he asks you. He's one of, one of, if not Arsenal content creators, lovely people. He's one of the world's lovely people, so. He certainly is, like you say, friend of the show and just just an all round lovely bloke. What what sort of yes. stuff was uh, was on the agenda tonight? Not that I'm gonna not gonna do <laughs> any talking points. Just, uh, just let's just get Albert's name out there. Yes. So he did his life stories show. Uh, nothing to do with another Arsenal fans life stories content. You know, if, if uh, he's he's watching, if he's lingering and wants to, you know, try and sue. Um, and he just asked varying questions about your history of supporting Arsenal and football and then some stuff about what you think about social media and the platform as well, which was hopefully if people did watch it, they found it interesting and enjoyed. I see a few in the chat that have actually come over. So it's all very good. Lovely stuff. And welcome to all of those that have uh, joined us in the chat room. Plenty of people coming along tonight. Hello to, of course, lovely host PG. Hope you're doing well. Fiona Scott. Hope you're doing very well. Fiona Barry Bird. Hope you're doing well. And uh, Yamara G. Hope you're doing well. And Jason Smith. Um, seen JJ quite a few times in Chelsea. Oh, oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hello, Jason. Um Say hello because I don't know you, so I feel a bit unnervy. But I'm sure you're a lovely person. So if you do see me, say hello. Yeah, I think if you'd have said, you know, I've seen JJ once in Chelmsford, but the fact yeah. he's seen you a few times could that be twice? I, could that be ten times? I do frequent Tesco's quite a bit. <laughs> and, Maybe and he works there. Could well be. Could well be. And yeah, like Amanda said, he is famous in good old. Ch- I am. I am a big name. In Chelmsford, the Jesus not, of uh, Chelmsford. Not by choice, not by choice, but yeah, I am. I am known in my ends, as the kids say. <laughs> anyway, Chelmsford I'm 32. I can't be saying stuff like ends and that anymore. I got you know. I don't know, mate, I, I think you play it off pretty nicely, mate. But um, thank you. <laughs> look, we're we're here to talk Arsenal. We've not done that in three minutes just yet. Um, it's 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 a big one this weekend. Obviously, we've been pretty. Uh, 
I don't know about you, I've been bored to tears with the international oh, break. Goodness. Um I mean I felt like after the United game there was such euphoria uh that you know I I, I did kind of welcome the international break reluctantly because I was like, okay, go off on a high, come back in two weeks, hit the ground running again. You know, we've got this game, we've got PSV, we've got Spurs coming up. All three of those we'll be doing previews for, by the way. We've got JJ booked in for each and every single one. And um, yeah, I mean, Everton away after the international break is never an ideal fixture. It's a ground that I don't think we've won at, in well, in a long time. Seven seven fixtures, I think it is at Goodison Park, and we failed to get a win. I might be wrong on that, but I think it's, it's something bad, basically. Uh, we all know how it went last season. Their first game under newly appointed Sean Dyche. Horrible game, really, really horrible. That came at a point where we were absolutely flying and they looked absolutely horrendous. And yet we still couldn't go there and and get a result. So I I remember when we did a uh, show after the United game and I actually previewed um, and predicted that we would win this game 4-0. I just think that there's got to come a point where we've got to get over this hoodoo over Everton away. You know, they're a physical side. It can be a bit of an intimidating ground, but Everton for me have very much picked up on the same way they left off last season. They're still not looking great. You know, they've not particularly had a great summer. They've lost Alex Awobi, who was a pretty key figure for them last season, as we know, former Arsenal boy. Um, I don't think they're up to much, to be honest. And if we don't go and win this game, I'm going to be really disappointed. How do you feel about it, mate? Oh, I'm exactly the same. I mean, I want Arsenal to win every game, James, as, as you well know. But looking at Everton at the moment, uh, okay, they you know they got a very very good draw against uh, Sheffield United. But the, the standard in that game, mate, if Sheffield United are scoring two goals against you, we got but with what we've got, we got to be we got to be able to beat these. We just I don't want to, if there's anyone that's an Evertonian in the chat, and I know Super Kev might be lingering as well, I don't want to diminish Everton so, so badly. But, and I'm not saying we're going to win this at a canter. I think it's actually going to be a very tough game. But we've got to have enough in the tank to beat Everton, surely. Yeah, I mean, Everton's downfall really has been such a weird one for me because about a decade ago, they looked like they were in a really good place. I remember when they had Lukaku up front, Kevin Morales. Uh, I remember when we went there in the 2013-14 season and they played Lukaku on the wing against Nacho Monreal and just absolutely tore us apart. I still have nightmares of that game. But to see them go from a team that was, you know, hovering around top four and was always, you know, kind of in and around the top six to now be a team that in the past two seasons has just just scraped out of the relegation battle. Um I find it really weird. And you look at their team and there's just like a lot of has-been players in there. I don't know about you, but I still can't believe that they bought Ashley, well, didn't buy, but they they acquired Ashley Young. And uh, I, I thought I was under the impression that he would kind of be a bit part player in their squad. Start every game. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like they are in such a bad situation in terms of the financials that they can't properly spend in a transfer market. And then, you know, they've brought back the likes of Idrissa Garner Gay, who, who's not a bad player, but he's getting on a bit. Um, I don't think they've got any real threat up front, to be honest, but they'll probably still find a way of scoring against us. Um, like uh, you well, said, they've, well, they've got that new striker that played the, against Sheffield United, Beto James. And we get, we're the club that give people careers. You know, Neil Meller still gets drinks bought for him because of that goal he scored for Liverpool against us all them years ago. You know, we, we, we just let people have these chances. And he looks like he might, Everton's problem is they don't score enough goals. And he looks like he can hold the ball up relatively well. But then they've just got nobody, you know, they've just got nobody that... I mean, Dan Juma, as far as I knew him, he was always a centre mid. They're playing him out wide. Like, a, it, it's... I, I mean, a lot of people, especially Arsenal fans, we say a lot about the Cronkies. But be careful what you wish for, because Everton, you know, they they, they had, you know, Mashiri and everything else. And... They've just spent money so badly over the years, James. They're, yeah, I think they're, they're, you know, they're fans, you know. Okay, I don't, I don't advocate ever, you know, trying to physically assault your owners or what have you. But football's so important in that part of the world, and they, they you know, it's, football's a lot of what it's. It's all they've got. Some of them, 
it, it, it's their solace and to see it ruined the way it has been um it, it's, it's it's terrible it's absolutely terrible but uh I've got no room for sentiment. You know, respect is an advantage that your opponent does not deserve, James. So we've got to go out there and do our thing and take them. Go for the jugular, as uh, people would say. I know you want the 4-0, so better get it done. So why is it you think that we struggle at a place like Goodison Park? Because they're, they're like the new Stoke for me. I remember when we would go up to Stoke and we would yeah. get battered about you know, free, free-ish nil on a regular basis there. And, you know, okay, there haven't quite been hammerings at Goodison Park, but, you know, we have lost games quite convincingly, even if they've just been a 1-0 or a 2-1 or whatever it may be. Um, I've never felt convinced when we went there. I certainly didn't when we went there last season. I never thought we imposed ourselves on, on, on the game. Um, and that seems to have been the problem in, in every single recent fixture that we've gone there, ever since we went there in, in what was it, 2017, 18, and we won there about 5 2 or something like that. I can't remember another really emphatic victory. I think we won there during the, the COVID year, but apart from that, um, yeah, it's been really, really disappointing. Um, so, what? why is it from your point of view that we, we go there and we, we just don't turn up? You know, we could be in such a rich vein of form, but we're just not getting a result that we, we should be putting on the table. Yeah, I think I think it's a first and foremost, it's a very smaller type ground. You know, it's one of them very old type grounds that the fans get right on you. And as much as I feel we have improved in that aspect, there's still quite a little soft underbelly to Arsenal, sadly for me. And I, I do believe that, and it, especially with Sean Dyche in charge, you get up Arsenal. We we don't like it. There is a few players in there that will stand. You know, Gabriel Saliba, he can he can handle it. Um, Declan Rice, I think James. I don't want to jump the gun, but I think he'll be a, a massive, massive player for this. I think this is the kind this is the kind of team. And I know uh, he scored a big goal in a big game. But these sort of games as well are where Declan Rice, yeah, he's going to love it. And this is this is going to justify his fee. The, these kind of games are going to be horrible. They're going to be tough. His sort of progressive carrying and just his lead, you know, his leadership, even though he hasn't got the physical embodiment of the of the captaincy, that sort of guide through games like this, he's gonna be so, so important, James. And yeah, they're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna try and kick seven colours of you know what out of us at the weekend, mate. And I just hope we're ready for it. I know a lot of people have done their lineups and I know you'll touch on that a bit later, so I won't jump the gun there. But yeah, we just just got to be ready, mate. Um, every as far as I know, everyone come back from internationals okay. There's the sack of stuff about the Achilles, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be rested for this one, mate. So yeah, and I mean, look, we we talk about Everton being a physical side, and I've seen a lot of comments in the in the chat about well, they're, them. They're a borderline basketball team, James. They're massive. They're not, so they're not only so, physical, so they're we, so big. So are we. You look at our team, you've already mentioned a few of them there. Saliba, yeah. Gabriel, Ben White to an extent. We've got Declan Rice, you know, Kai Havertz if you're throwing him into the mix. Um, but then you've got guys as well that maybe necessarily aren't the tallest, but they have got that grit to fight and battle, you know, the likes of Jesus, Saka, Martinelli. Um, they can all do it. You know, Erdegaard I'd throw in there as well. Yeah. So if we go there and we get out-muscled, I think... You know, I don't want to put the the season on on, on a game like this, but it will, you know, I think like what you're saying there, it will show that Arsenal do still have that soft underbelly because you you look at these two teams man for man, there there's absolutely no excuses not to win this game. Yeah, agreed, agreed, and I see a lot of stuff in the chat here about you know the games in the multiple, you know, three in a week and everything else like that. You need to be getting you need to be getting nine points. Because you start, you know, start your Champions League campaign. Got to win that. We've been six years without it. I don't, you know, I know we're going to do a preview for that one, so I'll, <laughs> I'll rein it in. And then the North London derby, can't you can't lose that one, especially with the way they're going at the moment. You know, they're thinking they're going to, they're getting nosebleeds and vertigo. They're so high up, you know. So no, we've got to nip them in the bud. Funnily enough, I mean, I know this season has felt a bit clunky. That's probably the best way to describe it. It's not felt like we've got on going just yet, but if we win on Sunday and then we're to win in the North London Derby, which, you know, isn't, isn't a given, but you know, we've got a very good record against Spurs at home, but they have been good this season. So that could be a tricky game, but you know, Spurs at home, you got to win it. We win those two games. 
we've actually had a better start than we did to the start of last season. Exactly. Um, so that would be fantastic. You know, we'd, we'd keep that unbeaten run going. But these are two games that we haven't played yet. And we've got PSV in the mix as well. So I'm actually going to start with the questions, guys. Um, please do put your questions in the chat room. Instead of leaving them to the end, I'm just going to intermittently go through them uh, throughout the show as we've started a little bit later. But um, kicking it off with this first one from the ever-present Carl Stark. Hope you're doing well, mate. Uh, four games in 10 days, five in 13 days. Do you have confidence in Arteta's ability to rotate the squad and keep getting results? Great question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes. Yeah. As I think now that most of the experimenting that he was doing because people weren't at full fitness or other reasons uh, that's been quashed with the man obviously the lineup and everything that happened for man united and uh, I, d- I do believe that there is enough there now and there's enough quality there now for everybody to get the minutes they need and to play obviously i want to see more of the likes of trossard and smith Rowe, james i think everybody does and uh, i do believe that will happen you know you've got five you've got you got three games in the space of a week. You got five subs in all, so there's plenty. There's plenty of opportunity there to chop and change. It's just, in, I still have some slight reservations about Arteta's timing in terms of changing things, and then the effect as well of game state. I feel sometimes he doesn't react as well to things that are happening. You know, I looked at Fulham. And we brought on Gabriel Jesus. I know he was injured and everything, but we brought him on very, very late. And you could see there that the likes of your Saka and your Ben White, their legs were gone. They had nothing left to give, but he still kept them on when they, you know, they should have been swapped out. Odegaard, most subbed captain in the league. He's arguably our greatest player when we're chasing a game. If you remember last season, James, all those times where we had gone down, you look at, look at Southampton. He single-handedly took that on the scruff of his neck to try and get that to a draw. Well, we, we did get it to a draw, but do you know what I mean? He tried to push us on to even win it. Uh, it It's stuff like that that I still have my qualms with Mikel about. But if I don't back him, <laughs> what's the point in even being here? You've got, you've got to back him. You've got to trust him. And I do believe I do believe he'll do it. The, the, the backroom staff at the moment, Steve Round had left, right? He was one of the only people there that would question, I believe, and say to Arteta, are you sure about this? And there's other people there now. They've still got a voice. You know, they've got a bigger presence. But I just hope that the experimentation of things has calmed down now and he reverts to what got us five points away from winning a league. Let's not forget that. I think that he likes now that he's got more opportunities to be unpredictable. But... It's if it's just being unpredictable for unpredictability's sake, James. Sorry, it took me a long time to get that out. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to be doing that. I, I think I think there's plenty of players there too. Like we said a minute ago, get all nine points in these games coming up. 
and especially these three on Sunday. So you mentioned it um, not too long ago, but we have heard about this uh, potential Achilles problem with Bukayo Saka. I mean, he's a guy that started 38 out of 38 um, two seasons in a row, which is, is mental for a kid of his age. And I think it shows his quality and importance to the team and he's got himself into a position now where he is that good that you play him whenever he is available he is one of the undroppables in this Arsenal team unless you know something drastic goes wrong but he's at a point now where he can have a bad game and that can still be a relatively good contribution to the team or he can create that moment of magic where it's still uh, could be could be absolutely game changing but obviously this isn't good news far from it um, but do you believe this is something that does pose a genuine concern or is it just a case of, you know, he's got a slight niggle, he's been playing with it for a while now and, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing to be too concerned about. Obviously, when we see the news, it sounds a lot worse than it probably is, but you don't want it to become a potential real issue. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those. I think Arsene, didn't he, bless him, he used to call it the red zone. And uh, I think he's exceeding, you know, he, he looks like the face that used to be on the old bottles of Tizer in terms of red zone, didn't he? <laughs> uh, Saka at the moment. But it, it, it's it's tough because, it, it, like you said, the Fulham game and the Man United game, arguably, I didn't think Bakaya Saka played very well at all. Yeah, he scores a penalty. And then in the Man United one, he got the assist with the corner to Declan Rice. So he still gets numbers even in games where he's not where he's not at his best. And I think Arteta will look at that and go, regardless of the, the problem, the quality can still outshine the problem. So it's very, very difficult. I I think James is is you can manage his minutes now. Because beforehand <laughs> and I hate to remember those days, but it was literally like unless Saka does something something here we ain't doing nothing and he was he was 19 he was arguably our best player and he was 19 years old I mean still very young now but there is enough there now to me anyway that you can you don't have to play him every minute of every single game you know you can move Jesus out there and you can put Eddie up front and I I think putting Eddie and Jesus together Jesus is very, very underrated crosser of the ball. I, I, to me, I think when he occupies that space on the right, he's got a very, very good cross. And you've seen Eddie, all right, he's, he's not had the best of weeks. He got his England call up and it barely, barely was on, was he? You know, he, he was a, well, he's ahead in that Scotland game, still didn't bring him on. So he's probably chomping at the bit to be like, well, even though he didn't play me, I'm still hungry. I still want to go out there and I still want to play and, yeah, I just I, I think there's enough there, James, now that you do not have to play Saka for every minute of every game. But he will want to. So we just it's all about, like we said, managing the minutes. And if, if at any time he feels something and he's like, I want to come off, do it. Don't, you know, or if you feel as a manager and you're watching it and you think I'm gonna take him off, you know, he won't do the Salah where he rips off the tape and throws it type of stuff. I think Saka would understand. Yeah, and I, I think it's also um, just going off on a bit of a tangent. It's interesting what you say about Nketiah there because he's had um, this this fantastic England call-up, which we were all buzzing about. You know, we spoke about it in quite a bit of detail um, when he got the call-up. And he's obviously gone away and he's seen Callum Wilson come on ahead of him, who's, you know, had a chance of England many a time. And, you know, Southgate's come out with this spiel about he wanted to see what Nketiah was made of. Well, maybe that just refers to training, um, but it would have been good in a game that we're winning against Scotland to have seen him come on. But I think it'd be interesting because if we bring him back and obviously we've got Jesus uh, back amongst it now, scored that great goal against United. Um, if you bring him in and Saka plays, obviously Nketiah doesn't get into the side. Mentally, surely that's going to be quite challenging for Eddie if he's just had this, you know, break with England where he's not gotten on the pitch for a single minute and then he comes back to Arsenal and he finds himself on the bench again. Like, surely he must be there with his head in his hands a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, if I'm going to quickly jump the gun here, I think if you look at the opponent, James, as much as Eddie's improving in that department of his game, he has not got that tenacity, that hold-up and that strength 
like Jesus has got. And these are nasty big, you know, Everton, nasty big boys at the back. You know, they're rough and tumble type players. And I think you go to Eddie, look, you, you, you might, you'll come on when they've got tired legs, if you're not starting. But I'm going to go with Gabby for this one. But I will play you on Wednesday night, six years. You know, we haven't been, I, you will be my nut, you know, you'll play my starting striker in that PSV game. And Jesus will sit on the bench for that one. I think Eddie would go, yeah, all right then. Because he's definitely, he'll definitely come on at Everton at some point. At, at, because they, like I said, they'll be tired and he's, he'd be perfect to bring him on in that sort of scenario. But yeah, I think, I think, like you said, he'll be upset. But if you say to him, you haven't got the start for this one, but you will start with, which I believe will happen. I think he'll go, yeah, go on then. I'll have that. Yeah, and I think you make a great point as well, because I completely forgot we've got PSV next week. And it's crazy that we've got all these games coming up. And this is the beautiful thing, because even though we've been a bit frustrated, the likes of Trossard, Emil Smith-Rowe and and that uh, cohort haven't really seen many minutes this season. They will now. They really will, because we've got this game coming up next week in the Champions League. Our first game back um, in that tournament in God knows how long. And then we've got Spurs, which you know you, you expect to see the routine 11. But then you've got uh, Brentford away straight after that. So there's a lot of opportunity for these guys. So, yeah, I think you're right in saying that Eddie shouldn't, you know, get too downbeat because if he starts that PSV game, what a game to start as well. I mean, that first game back at the Emirates Stadium in the Champions League, that's that's going to be a magical game for whoever starts it. But um, one player who's gone a little bit under the radar, who has returned to full uh, first-team training, is Mohamed Elneny. Obviously, I think we're, we're probably both just of the opinion that he's, he's not going to play a massive role for us this season. But, you know, he's a very likeable guy. Um, for me, still a guy that should be moved on. I hate to say, I don't want to sound too negative, but I do think we've moved beyond Mohamed Elneny. Uh, but to see him back um, amongst a group, he is a useful player. I will say that much. I do think, you know, when you're closing out a game and you've got 10 minutes left, if you just want a guy to run around at full pelt and just put tackles in and put his heart on his sleeve and you know, barricade the the goal. He is that man. Um, but I don't see him being much else than that. I mean, I don't want to go off on a massive uh, massive cross section about Mohamed Elneny. But are you are you pleased he's back, mate? Ah, oh, <laughs> he's a character, isn't he? I know, I know. He's very he's very lucky to be still at the club uh, because he's not the absolute level that we claim that we are now at. However, I do feel that he will now become that sort of player that Holding was, where, like you said, if we're in a tight situation and we've got to, you know, see this out, he will either come in and feel that at the six if if Jorginho's not already on, or he might be deployed even as a fullback or a centre half, which he has done for Arsenal before. So, I think he'll get his minutes that way definitely. Yeah, I mean, like I say, he's a useful player to have, and Phil Macker says there, he's never no, he hasn't let us down. You know, it, no. it's completely fair, but also yeah. I just I think for us, it's it's just been a case of he's never been at that level to make us an elite football team, um, and I think that's a fair comment. He's a useful player, but he's not someone you know. If he started week in week out every single week, you you would notice uh, his, his lack of quality. Yeah, we we um, we know we know what he is. He, he, he you know he's one of them. It's a classic old phrase. He does exactly what he says on the tin type player. And you know if you're expecting him to pull up trees and be one of the you know best sort of players in the world, he's not that. But he's a solid, dependable sort of squad player. And you need them. You you, you do. You need those sort of players, especially like we said earlier, if the game state dictates that at that sort of time. And he has come in and he has done a job. I mean, Chelsea, what was it? Chelsea away a couple of seasons ago. He's fantastic in that. One of the best games I've ever seen him play. But you just, you can't rely on him for a sustained period of time. Here and there, he'll have his glimpses, but you, you can't be starting the guy or relying on the guy to give you absolute gold every single time. It's funny you mentioned that Chelsea game because I actually remember when we went to United in the COVID year and we beat them 1-0. It was our first win at Old Trafford in the league in absolutely ages. Yeah. And he played like Perlo that night. That's no yeah. exaggeration. You, you know who else all. was class in that game, mate? William. That was one of the best Arsenal games William yeah. had. He it was, was. He was superb in that Man United game. 
And then shortly after that, we, we lost about seven in a row or something. Yes. You know, it was almost the yeah. end of Arteta's tenure. So <laughs> we, we, won't, we won't go back um, quite that far. But um, obviously, this is a preview for the Everton game. But this is a great point raised by Avon here. Um, people will be expecting a major investment in a striker. I'm not personally expecting that. Um, I think we could do with it, but I don't think it's a necessarily an area of huge investment. Um, but he also goes on to say that Partey is going to be in his last year. Jorginho, um, I, I think he'll probably be moved on next summer, to be honest. And Elneny will be out of contract, who I think we all expect to depart the club. I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal look to move on Partey next summer, to be honest. I don't think it'll be for a big fee, if a fee, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if his contract got torn up. Um because I just, you know, if he continues with these injuries, I can just see the club getting really tired of it. Obviously, we can raise some funds, that'd be great. But I think given this latest injury, I, I, I sense there's a feeling of impatience there somewhere and we've got to start looking at a long-term solution. Um, but midfield, as it was this summer, is going to be another area of reinvestment, isn't it, JJ? Yeah, 100%. And I do agree. I, I, do, I believe that we will chuck big money on a centre-forward next summer maybe even more than we spent on Declan Rice. I think uh, at, yeah, as much as I love Jesus and as much as I appreciate Eddie and what Eddie's doing, and uh, I am a, I am a fan of Eddie's, they're not going to get you 35 to 40 plus goals. But who's out there? I think we take a step. You know, Tony Bloom was a guest during the Arsenal-Man United game. And I feel that we've already started to make little sorts of tabs on Ferguson at Brighton. Or I could see us hopefully, you know, the one I want is Aussie men from uh, Napoli, James. And I tracked, I tracked him when he was at Lille. Um, I, I, I was like, this guy's special. And that was uh, Pepe as well at the time. I thought Pepe was a very good player at the time as well. I think Musa Diaby was there as well when I was talking about him. Uh, they had a very good, I think a Kone as well was a very, very good player back then. They, they just, all of them were amazing. And, uh, but yeah, I do believe we are going to splash humongous on a striker. But in terms of the midfield, definitely feel we need to get a kind of six. But I do believe that Patino coming back, I don't think he might be a six, but he'll definitely play some minutes in the centre. And then you've got Nanwari as well in there that's just going from strength to strength. So I, I think it's going to happen, mate. I think that we will probably buy not necessarily an absolute the levels of what Thomas Party type of six because we've got Rice there now. I think Rice will that is the future. It's, it's such a shame about Lavia, isn't it? I think he, he would have been perfect for us. Yes. Yeah, he would have been ideal. Yeah. Yeah, he would have been a very, very ideal player. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, well. Chelsea, <laughs> what, what can you do? Well, you never know. We, we seem to buy Chelsea players where they don't want them anymore. I mean, they were, they were offering us... Okay, I wouldn't have swapped Smith Rowe for Mudrick, but you've seen what they're like. You know, he's running that like it's an American franchise, and just every window they buy and sell whatever they want, and they do whatever they want. So you never know if Lavia has a terrible, terrible time there. We could end up by, you know, I didn't think that we'd spend 60 plus million on Havertz this summer. So stranger things have happened, mate. And we seem to always buy a Chelsea player in every window. It's <laughs> peculiar. Sign of the times, mate. Sign of the times. I'm it not is. saying they're, they're the right investments, but, no. you know. No. If we can just kind of keep plucking away, you yeah, know, and and they are mental. <laughs> as much they as are. You're not wrong. They are absolutely mental, Chelsea. So. I mean, and and let's here's hoping they don't make the Champions League because if they don't, then they are in all sorts of bother. So uh, that would be yeah a fantastic scenario. Maybe we could do a bit of window shopping depending on how the season goes. Um, I I wasn't actually planning on talking about this, but you already mentioned his name in uh, Nicola Pepe. He's obviously gone to Turkey now and I only want to spend a minute or two on him, but um, his time at Arsenal quite obviously didn't work out. Nowhere near as bad as some people have made him out to be, especially when you compare him to to what's going on with Jadon Sancho at the minute, who uh, you know cost even more money and has 
not really done anything in his United career yet. And then you've got Anthony that United have um, spent a, a fortune on. And you know, I'm not taking his current legal issues into account, but he's not really flattered for them whatsoever. Uh, so, I mean, in all the talk of flops out there, Pepe should not be top of the list. He should be up there. Don't think any of us are denying that, but he's not at the pinnacle. Um, but all I was going to say was, you know, we, we've we've torn up his contract, um, which I think is really disappointing. He's gone there injured, um, which, okay, might play a part in it. But he's not a talentless guy, JJ. I, I'm really amazed that we failed to get any sort of fee. And I'm Same. even more amazed that there was zero interest in him. Yeah. Yeah. Again, sadly, and uh, I feel bad because I'm making criticisms of the club, but we've shown our hand before in the window that, we, you know, we, we these players, when you publicly say that you don't want these footballers anymore and the world knows it, you do tank their value. And there was so much, you know, sky all the time, filming the training. Oh, these are the, you know, I called them the unmagnificent seven. You know, they just they didn't want them. Nobody wanted them. And we, we were just like, you know, we, it was like we were giving them away with cereal. Uh, just someone, please take these footballers. And uh, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. And the clubs knew that Arsenal were going to cancel his contract eventually because we're going to want that money to reinvest in January. You know, a new FFP window begins in January. So the one from the summer obviously diminishes and you get a new one. And having his money off the books wage-wise is enough to invest into somebody else. And you know what? I do agree with you. I think compared to, you know, the world's most expensive Beyblade and Sancho, I I think Pepe, I liked Pepe a lot. Um, I just, Arteta obviously went for Willian and that was his first big signing in his first summer window. And Pepe just didn't get the minutes because Willian was playing. And then obviously he had the emergence of Saka as well. And uh, yeah, it was it was gutting, you know. I, I I really liked Pepe and thought that he could be something here. And just in the end, when you know that you, you're not you're not first choice, you're not going to be first choice. He didn't have the effort and the application. I mean, there was the video that Aubameyang and Lacassette took of him of after the game, and he had all the chicken skewers and the big Pepsi, didn't? And they were just like, look at this guy, look at this guy. And I'm like, that's going to go back to the manager, and the manager's not going to find it funny like me and you are laughing now. They're going to be like, why is this guy gorging on, you know, goujons and chips and a two litre Pepsi? That's what I do. And I'm not being asked to play right wing for Arsenal every week. So I've not seen that video, mate. You have to send that to oh, me. I'm yeah, quite they, yeah, it was just literally after a game. And he's he's not a big guy, Pepe, but he just looks bloated sat there and he's got goujons or yakitori or something. But he's got loads of them, James. And then he's got a Pepsi Max like up to here. And he's just guzzling it. And they're like, this guy, this guy. Oh, I'm going to have to have a Google at that. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. my sort of content. But... Oh, it's hilarious. But but in terms of an athlete and what the expectations of an athlete are, you, yeah, you just you sat there going like, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? Especially at that time when it was like, you meant to be fighting for your place. I mean, this was a guy that Arteta spoke, spent the most one, one-on-one time with. And it just upped for that relationship to just completely diminish. And I think it was because Arteta sussed him out and was like, you don't want it. You don't want it enough. Yeah, and then, I, also, I think someone thing. put it in the chat as well. The pressure of the fee, the pressure of the fee got to him big time. And it, it's not a shock that everyone that worked behind the scenes on that deal are all but gone now. Yeah. And actually we, we, um, have got Vinay going next summer as well. I mean, yeah. um, just before we talk about that, I mean, I will say on Pepe, um, I, I, you know, disappointed not to get a fee, disappointed it never worked out at Arsenal. I was so excited when he came and I think he did have moments for us, but he looks uh, so happy at his new club, whose name I'm not going to try and butcher, but I've seen the announcement video of him at the airport with all the fans around him and he, he looks genuinely elated to be there. So I hope he smashes it and has a good, um, good last part of his career. But, yeah, Vinay's leaving next summer, mate. I mean, that's not what I saw coming. Um, I was at the Arsenal Supporters Trust meeting with him not too long ago, and he seemed very invested, very infused in Arsenal. Got to remember, he's a businessman as well and probably does want a new chapter in his career at some point. Um, don't think it's the be-all and end-all, but he's been a pretty good CEO for Arsenal, I think you'd agree. 
yes, he's he's left Arsenal in a much better place than it was when he got handed the job. And I think he's always he's always been an accountant. So to be the public face of everything, I think at first you saw that he was quite nervous about that role, but he definitely grew into it. And I personally haven't met him, but from everything that I've heard and from everything that I've seen, he's meant to be he's meant to be an absolute class act, James. Yeah, at the AST meeting, he was going around with fans having a drink. Like, you know, it, it, I know obviously that's a, a private event for members, but um, in the same token, you know, he, he's a busy guy. He's probably had a really long day. He he didn't have to have to do that. So, you know, it's just little things like that that I think, you know, make a difference. But, um, you know, good luck to him, whatever he does in the next chapter of his career. Like you say, he's left Arsenal in a better place. He's and... probably got something cushy at the FA or the Prem lined up, mate. I, I don't know if he'll go to another club, but I could see him. I could see someone in the FA or especially the Premier League going, yeah, we like we like the look of you, mate. So. Yeah, he's a he's a very smart guy, very intelligent, definitely got his head screws on. Um and yeah, just those are the sort of people you want around Arsenal at the minute, because I think this is from top to bottom the most level headed, intelligent group um of people that we've got. You know, when we had the likes of Rouse and Yelly in charge, I don't think I could say the same about him. Um but obviously, you know, we We've we've got this game coming up on Sunday. I feel like we've barely spoken about it, mate. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's all right. There's been there's been a lot to discuss. It's the international break, mate. There, there's been a lot that's that's happened that we we've not quite waxed lyrical about. Um, but obviously one of the big talking points I've got written down here on my little agenda is uh Kai Havertz or Fabio Vieira. Now we'll get onto our um, predicted lineups in a moment, but I think this is the one that's that's really sticking out for a lot of people. Obviously, Vieira's come on in the past couple of games looked electric, got assists, good assists as well, really good assists. And um, I think a lot of people, myself included, are leaning towards him starting, um, especially when Kai Havertz got an assist for Germany, um, didn't look particularly great in their first game, ended up getting subbed off for Thomas Muller. Uh, I I think the worry I've got is you can't have passengers at Goodison Park. And um, I kind of worry about... Habits being a passenger. I have equal concerns about Fabio Vieira getting phased out of the game due to his lack of physicality. I don't know what to do, mate. I really don't. <laughs> so that's why I'm coming to you. Yeah. I Again, I think, I think like Eddie, Vieira is a fantastic substitution to make in this game, especially when they're tired because they're going to, they're going to leave space and he is so good at finding space and finding people in, you know, very, very tight spaces. Um, and again, yeah, that's the point I was just about to make. Physicality-wise and presence-wise, Havertz, it, it, you know, he's six foot four compared to the five, whatever Fabio Vieira is. So I think he's an option, just like how I believe Everton are going to try and ping us long to that Beto. I'm not saying that Havertz should play up front, but in that left eight role, if he is to move slightly further forward, um, I think he's an option to ping and get people in behind. And after he's got an assist for Germany, he's another one. You got, you know, he, he, you can tell it's it's all confidence related. I don't believe at the moment that this is purely a lack of talent. I just think his confidence is so shot, James that he's just overthinking or, you know, panicking. And then you've got to also remember that he has played under God knows how many men. I couldn't tell you how many managers Chelsea have had since he's been there, but they all played him as a nine. And he, 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 we're asking him to play a completely different role that he's not done for a very, very long time. And again, it's another new manager that wants it done in a certain way. And he's got to adapt to that as well. But uh, yeah, I think I think Havertz will start, and I really do hope he has a. I really do hope he has a good game because he, he needs one. He needs one. It's an interesting point in the chat room here from uh, Yamara G um, that Jesus and Havertz could make a good team. Um, I think a lot of people have been of the opinion that with Jesus in the sides, Havertz will have more opportunities. If you've got, you know, um, Jesus's hold up play. And then Habits making those late runs into the box. I mean, that could definitely be a really good combination. Can you see it working? Well, this this is the thing, James. Is that he's got to he's got to want it a bit more. 
I still believe that he doesn't, you know, again, the confident, he's got to want it. it. You know, Jesus, like I've said, he will hold that ball up and he will lay it off. But when Havertz receives it, especially if it's on the turn, I want to see him turn and beat a man, James. He, he seems to put his head down. Most of his passes, his head is down. And it's either back to Declan Rice or, Zinch- or Zinchenko or, you know, a little one to Martinelli. I want to see him progress. I want to see him turn and beat a man. And and also, get in the box. I keep, I've said it nearly all season. Six foot four, James. Get in the box. Get in the box. It's like the guy... Wolves have that Kaladzic who's six foot seven, yet they're still persisting with Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva's dreadful. Play the six foot seven guy and just press LT, LT and triangle. Just ping him. For God's sake, it's not hard. Just get him in that box and, you know, do something. Yeah. It's, uh, I'd love to see him score. I'd be so happy. I mean, um, PG's put in the chat room there. Habits will score on Sunday. Oh, a, a man's done a prediction. There we go. I know it's crazy, isn't it? What, what are these times we're living in? Um, oh, it's warm in it. <laughs> I, I would love uh, for him to get a goal, even an assist, whatever, win a penalty, whatever it may be, just something to give him that confidence boost because he's, he's not had a great time away on international duty. Obviously, his season so far of Arsenal has been very mixed. Definitely don't think he's been bad in all of these games. It's just these past two. Um, you know, oh, so someone's put in the chat. Yeah, we play. Yeah, Havertz will score Saturday in training. Amanda, yeah, he won't score in the game, but he was, he was scoring training on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah you can't get out of that one, Amanda. <laughs> You've already said it now. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be yeah, big game for him if he does start. But equally, I mean, we've got this game coming up against PSV um, in the week. I think if he was to start that as well, you know, if he still doesn't pull up any trees against Everton, start him there. Uh, because that's a great opportunity for him to get himself on the score sheet, get an assist, um, whatever it may be. So, yeah, going to be uh, an interesting, interesting one. Um, I was gutted to see Granite Jacker score again for Switzerland. I've got to say, I'm really missing the guy. I'm trying not to think about him, but I still can't help but feel, you know, what a well-oiled machine we would be if he was still in that left eight role. I'm trying not to think about it. I'm not going to go there. Um, but one last, last talking point around habits is I've seen... Um, a few people mute the idea of switching him and Erdegaard. So Erdegaard plays on the left, Havertz on the right. Um, it was noted that Havertz got his assist for Germany coming off that right-hand side. Uh, do you think that's a viable option or do you think that could potentially disrupt our flow a little bit too much? Yeah, it disrupts the flow for me. That relationship of White, Saka and Odegaard is too important to then place Havertz. I mean, Odegaard's so good, he'll play wherever you put him. It, 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 he's class, but I would not, I would not ruin that relationship of that right hand side, which has again served us so well to accommodate Kai Havertz at the moment. I think you, the, you've the... bought it, you've bought him to be that left eight. Obviously, we're trying it, and you know it does feel that we're trying it, and you know it's going to be five weeks that we've tried to get it to work, and uh, patience does wear thin. I understand that. But yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be chopping and changing it now at the moment. Just let's stick to what we've got. Let's get our wins and let's get our points, mate. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's interesting to note that Habits and Martinelli have basically zero relationship at the minute. I think uh, Martinelli passed the Habits about five times in the last game, um, and you know, although we talk about habits being an issue you've got to recognize that martinelli is also playing a part in that as well and they, they've got to you know find a way of working together because if they don't then you know both of them are going to become a little bit ineffective and i don't think martinelli has had a sensational start to the season by his standards i thought it was very good against man united but in the other games he's not quite been at the level we want him to be um but he's not been bad either certainly not been bad but if those two can build a relationship Maybe with Jesus coming back into the side, because it's no coincidence that Martinelli's form hasn't quite been as good as we wanted it to be whilst Nketiah started, because that happened at the exact same time last season when Eddie and Martinelli were playing together. His his form dipped a little bit then. Um, but before I ramble on a bit too long on this one, um, what is your predicted lineup for the game, mate? Or what is the lineup you want to see? Okay, so Aaron Ramsdale, he's staying in goal for me. He won't get his clean sheet robbed by Maguire scoring an own goal. 
I thought he was very, very good against Scotland, apart from Maguire ruining it for him. Uh, ben White, obviously, at right back. Saliba and Gabriel. Zinchenko, who I think is going to be very important as well in this game. I think when he inverts in and makes it a bit extra in the middle, that could that could cause us, you know, that could draw someone out and then that gives someone out wide a chance or through the middle if we go that way. Um, I believe it's going to be Declan Rice, obviously, because Party's still injured. So Declan Rice at the six. And then it's going to be Havertz, Odegaard, Jesus, Martinelli and Saka. I think it would be the same for me, to be honest. It's just the, the, the one question mark I've got is going to be over that Havertz one. Um, I, I am itching for Fabio Vieira to start. I'm absolutely itching for it. But maybe given that, you know, as you mentioned before, we've got this game against PSV coming up, that's probably the one that is more of an appropriate I'll, fixture for him. I'll throw something out there, James. If this Saka thing is, is more serious than what's been let on, I would say instead of potentially shifting Jesus out there and having Eddie up top, I wouldn't mind playing Vieira on the right-hand side. I thought he did very well there pre-season when he played there. Yeah, I mean, the beautiful thing is... I know I know a lot of people think that's going to be Nelson's way now. Mm. But I don't know. I, I think, you know, he's a left-footer, isn't he, Vieira as well? I think he'd, I think he'd fancy that on the right-hand side at the weekend. Well, the great thing is, particularly on that right-hand side, I mean, people say we don't have options there. We absolutely do. If Saka was to get injured, option number one, you play Jesus out there, a role that he played many a time for Man City. He's played there for Brazil as well. You've got Leandro Trossar, who, who's, um, who I think could play basically anywhere across that front three. I don't think he'd be out of sorts on the right by any means. Emil Smith-Rowe, a lot of people have dis, uh, disregarded that, but he's played there a, a lot for England at youth level. So I think that could be an option. Um, and then, of course, you've got Reese Nelson, who who's also an option there. So, yeah, plenty to ponder, plenty to think about. Obviously, those are all hypotheticals, whether they actually work on a football pitch remains to be seen. But hopefully this Achilles problem for uh, Bakayo is, is nothing major. You know, players have problems a lot of the time. It's just a case of playing through them and they can have those problems their entire careers. But um, actually, interesting question from Yamara G. Would you play Vieira or Reese Nelson before you started... Trossard. Let's say that's a hypothetical uh, yeah. before the game on PSV. On, on, on the right-hand side, yeah. I don't, I don't think Trossard's as effective on the right-hand side as he is either down the middle or on the left. E- either, that being, either that being left wing or left eight, because he can do both. He can play, he can play in the centre as well. But it, let's say in the case of Reese Nelson, for example, I, I think he's most dangerous coming off the left. I'm not See, sure I, I, dis- I think he's better off the right. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. I, I think he's pretty good on both wings, but I just think he's got that little bit more where he cuts inside, that bit more dynamism yes, to his game on the left-hand side. But then equally, he had that fantastic game against Knott's Forest playing on the right-hand yeah. side and Saka went off quite early injured. So, yeah. I mean, look, we, we have got options there. We've, we've definitely got uh, food for thought. Um, but look, mate, I'm going to uh, draw this to a close. But before I do, score prediction for the game. I'm going to go for a very nervy 2-0 win. I think, we'll make hard, win. I think we'll make hard work of this, but we'll get it done. Who are your scorers? Uh, well, I've got to remember from my podcast the other day. Uh, I said Odegaard would get one because he's just that kind of guy. He's just a clutch kind of guy. And then... Uh... I don't know. I don't know, James. Go on. Pluck someone out for me. Eddie off the bench? Yeah, go on then. Yeah, why, <laughs> yeah, we'll not? Have why not? I mean, we'll my, dream, my dream would be El Nenny coming off the bench scoring a bicycle kick. <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen somehow. But yeah, look, we've got, got plenty of options, plenty to be excited about. I, I'm buzzing for football to be back this weekend. You know, it's only been two weeks, but it feels like it's been bloody ages. So um, yeah, Proper football as well. I can't wait. And, yeah. you know, we, we've, we've got another international break in a month's time. So... Let's oh, just really? relish this. Yeah, I know. They're coming oh, around thick and fast. But, but the beautiful thing is, mate, uh, although some people are complaining about it, we've got back-to-back Arsenal these next couple yeah. of weeks. You yeah, know. I know. PSV in the I week. Know. North London derby who, after, who, that. Who, who after think, that. I bet you don't even know, but who have we got next, in this next international break? Because obviously one of them is going to be a qualifier and it's going to be another friendly. I bet it's someone absolutely terrible, isn't it? Let me tell you, mate. Let me tell you. I'll have a quick Google. 
I've got no interest in no same. Football that, that, that'll be it. That'll be a night I wash my hair. I think whoever that. <laughs> well, um, actually, it it is two pretty exciting fixtures. Um, on the thirteenth of October, uh, England Australia. Um, but the spicy one, uh, Euro qualifiers, England Italy, on the seventeenth. Oh, okay. Oh, so, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad then. And then you'll be That's pleased to hear, JJ, a month later after that, we've got another international break. Oh, God. Yeah, with two very exciting fixtures against Malta and North Macedonia. Oh, no, so, that, um, that, yeah, that would definitely be when I bolt by the Tresemme then. That'll be the hair washing. Sessions. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it peaks in October and then it goes <laughs> goes quite quickly downhill in November. But, oh, you know, at least we've got a, a semi-exciting qualifiers yeah. look forward to against Italy yeah, and all the Liverpool and Man City players will be rested but he'll play all of ours apart from Eddie you know it I know it ours will yeah, be no. running the ground but Eddie won't even get called up yeah. for the next one mate I'll be amazed no. yeah no he probably won't he'll put he'll put, he'll put Maguire up front because his mum's told him you know that's unbelievable mate I know I know it's rough and everything else but to get your mum to come out for you like yeah I mean, say, say it yourself I mean, not that we're going to go off on a tangent about Harry Maguire here, but I mean, God Almighty, he, I, Southgate's I, fault. Yeah, should I do. Pick, I, shouldn't be picking him. Take him out the firing line. I do feel bad for him, and you know, as funny as yeah, it was same. when he came on against uh, against us at the Emirates, and people were applauding it. Um, you know, you got to think from a human being point of view. He he must be just mentally just all over the place. He never should have got that call up for England. You know, he's, he's, he's hardly kicked a ball. For, he's not even kicked a ball for United, apart from when he came on against us. And yeah, I'm not going to deny, been a very important player for England. Um, but yeah, if, he's, if his mum wanted to do him a favour, turn his phone off so that he doesn't get the call up. That, that would have helped him. Yeah. And I mean, even to bring him on in that game against Scotland, you know, he's bizarre in itself. But, you know, he seems to be a Southgate favourite. And I've, I've I really do think he will go to the tournament next summer. I don't think he should. Oh, he'd probably be, someone... be free. He'd be like one of the captains, mate. You know. Oh, but, but this is the thing. When you've got Ben White waiting in the wings, and I know you you don't care about him getting called no, up, I but do not care. It, it bothers me when I see Harry Maguire getting called oh. up and you've got a player of Ben White's ability, you know, there at home. When when this is one of the best England teams I've ever, ever thought of. And, you know, Yamara G makes a great comment in the chat room. It's the same for Calvin Phillips. What? Why is he getting called up? Yeah. It's the same for so many of these guys. He was great against Scotland, though. Calvin Phillips had a brilliant game. Did he start? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. He did. This this England team is just mental. I know. I can't can't even... he, he, He looked really, really good, I have to say. And that relationship with him and Rice, they they're 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 very good together. Oh, maybe maybe a you little put, bit of you uh, put them two in a double pivot with Bellingham in behind, mate. Special. Maybe we've got to go raiding at um, Man City again in January, but look, we'll 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 leave that for another time. Um, JJ, thank you as always for coming on the show tonight, mate. Um, oh, I won't say the usual thing of where can people find you. We we know by now it's <laughs> it's your Twitter they, handle. I hope they know by now. It's there on the screen. It's the James Johnston Football Channel. Make sure you follow him. Make sure you subscribe to his channel. He's putting out great stuff all around. Lovely bloke. Make sure you get involved. Um, but I think that's it. I think that's it. So unless you've got anything else, mate, I will leave it there. No, no. Thank you very much. And um, just just quickly as well, I saw Fiona in the chat earlier. And uh, yeah, I know Fiona's uh, posted some news earlier, so. I just wish her well and everything with what's going on. She's been absolutely great in terms of supporting this channel, supporting my channel, and she supports everybody. It's, it's great. And she got a lovely letter from the – did you see that from Declan Rice earlier? Sent a letter out to her. Oh, did she? No, I've yeah, with a nice that. card signed by the player. Yeah, she deserves it. One of, oh. You know, I like I like good things happening to good people, James. I'm one of the, as, as I've got older, I'm less of a miserable bastard and uh, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting soft with me old age. But uh, yes, no, thoroughly deserved. So I'm really pleased Good to hear you, that. Fiona. It's lovely the club have done something like that, particularly Declan Rice. I'll make sure to check yeah. that out right away. And just to echo that, hope you're doing well, Fiona. I hope everything's going um, going okay for you. And yeah, if you ever need any support, feel free to reach out to any of us at the same old Arsenal. Um, but on that, I will leave it there. We are back. Myself and Chris are back at some point after the United game. I think the plan is to go live straight after the match. Um, straight-ish after the match maybe like an hour or two later 
don't have a definitive time yet, but I'm sure we'll keep you posted. Amanda's on our case all the time to give you times for when we get the shows out, so we will uh, find it. And you'll date. be on time this time. You won't have to worry about me being late. No, no, technical difficulties, <laughs> mate. Technical difficulties. I know, I know. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. I was doing an Arsene Wenger for you there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and then we will be back. Uh, it's Tuesday, isn't it, that we're doing a show for uh, PSV? Yes. Yes, sir. Perfect. Excited. Lovely stuff. May have to do it a little bit later. I don't know if it works for you. I know I'm talking about Just stuff we should know. be talking about off air. Yeah, but maybe six like long a... years, James, to talk about Champions League football. I think I'll do it at midnight if you want to do it, my friend. Six bloody years we've waited. Well, I'll keep you posted on that one, mate. But we will <laughs> we'll be doing a preview show at some point on Tuesday, maybe around eight ish, nine o'clock. I'll I'll let you know. But you want to um... Alexa play the theme from the Champions League, and we'll just have that on a loop until we get bored. <laughs> no chat just <laughs> yeah exactly just, just just the, just the music and you know what it'll be our highest ranking podcast of the season so far yeah. um but we'll yeah put the shirts from this season on mate and just stand there with our hands behind our backs like we we're actually lining just up. looking we'll to just, the sky yeah we'll just yeah we'll just do that oh god i, I can't wait to be back again <laughs> next week look let's save it for the preview of that one mate um i can't wait uh but equally, I can't wait for this game at Goodison Park. It's going to be a sticky one. Sticky one at the Toffees. But um, yeah, I think I think we've got enough to do it. JJ's going for a 2-0. I'm going for a 4-0. Let's get it done. So thank you to everyone that's joined us in the chat room. Um, please subscribe to the channel. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it. And as always, up the Arsenal. See you guys later. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.